0: Hey, everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell wades into the battle for the future of the party and tries to steer Republicans away from the fringe. Will it work? We'll discuss that, plus the latest on the arguments both sides intend to present in next week's impeachment trial. And finally, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, in her own words, sharing her harrowing story from January 6th. Once again, as with all things Mitch McConnell these days, when he weighs in on the future of the Republican Party, one has to ask, too little, too late? And last night, the Senate Minority Leader issued a rebuke of Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia. He didn't cite her name, but he did issue a statement that said, quote, loony lies and conspiracy theories are cancer for the Republican Party and our country. Somebody who suggested that perhaps no airplane hit the Pentagon on 9-11, that horrifying school shootings were pre-staged, and that the Clintons crashed JFK Jr.'s airplane is not living in reality. Now, doesn't have to say her name. Those are exactly things that Marjorie Taylor Greene had put forth, and she's actually trying to walk back some of them, at least on uh, calling the school shootings a uh, false flags. But she shot back almost instantly on Twitter, saying, quote, the real cancer for the Republican Party is weak Republicans who only know how to lose gracefully. This is why we are losing our country. So, if you're looking for the Marjorie Taylor Green wing of the party and the Mitch McConnell wing of the party to sort of sing kumbaya, that doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon. What Mitch McConnell's trying to do here is apply pressure to Kevin McCarthy to actually apply some form of punishment, admonition, some sort of rebuke to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, it's unclear what Kevin McCarthy will do. He is certainly hearing it from all sides that these kinds of ideas can't be allowed to fester. But. Let's be clear. Marjorie Taylor Greene just spoke to President Trump over the weekend and touted all the support she has from him. That has an impact with all these Republican House members who back home in their districts represent a lot of Trump supporters. So, the fact that Mitch McConnell from the establishment wing of the party is trying to somehow return to a Republican party of yesteryear in some sort of make the Trumpness of the Republican Party, the Trumpification of the Republican Party disappear, that seems Short sight. That seems not well thought out strategy. I understand McConnell may want to move his party in that direction, but just issuing some statement on Marjorie Taylor Greene after spending four years of allowing Trump's behavior to run rampant in the party is probably not going to be sufficient here. Somehow, even if they are smaller in number, the moderate establishment Republicans, if they want to get control back of their party, they're going to have to defeat the Trump wing and these conspiracy theory members at the ballot box in primaries with Republican voters coming to their side. That's going to be where the battle for the heart and soul of the Republican Party is won or lost. Now, here's what else matters today. We got the filings in the impeachment trial from both the nine Democratic House managers who will be prosecuting the case in the Senate and from former President Trump's brand new legal team. As you know, he put that together in the last 48 hours or so after he got rid of the original team he had working on the case. You can look into these briefs, and I urge you to read them in their entirety, and you can see exactly how this case is going to go in the United States Senate in terms of the arguments made and the defense presented. So let's start with the House managers. What they're doing in their brief is basically trying to cut off the former president's defense team right out of the gate. They're saying, one, that you can't claim that President Trump has some First Amendment right to just spew lies. That That is not a valid defense, basically, is what the House impeachment managers are saying. And they're going to say, you can't claim that Donald Trump should not be in a trial in the United States Senate right now simply because he is no longer president. Because the House managers are going to argue that that is going to allow presidents to just run amok in the final days of their presidency. They write that there's no January exception to the rule of the president needing to fulfill his constitutional oath from day one until the final minute that he's serving as president. And that if indeed you the Senate come to the conclusion that an ex-president who was impeached as president but being tried as an ex-president can't properly be tried, that it's not constitutional, you're giving just sort of an open-season invitation to every president from here on out to act with reckless abandon in the final days of their presidency, knowing that, sure, they may get impeached by the House, but there'll never be a constitutionally recognized trial in the Senate. That is a key component of what the House managers will be arguing because they know they're going to be hearing from Trump's defense team every single day that the trial shouldn't even be taking place. And that's clear when you look at the Trump defense team arguments. They are indeed claiming that he has a First Amendment right, a free speech right, To say the things he said at the January 6th rally. And I want you to hear from the actual brief that Trump's defense team put in place here. Quote, insufficient evidence exists upon which a reasonable jurist could conclude that the 45th president's statements were accurate or not. And he therefore denies they were false. I mean, this is this is the centerpiece of their argument. The other piece is that. One of the reasons Trump claims all this election fraud happened was because voting rules changed. Well, why did they change? They changed because we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Guess what they call that in this brief? A convenient guise. His lawyers say that he has a right to call the election results suspect because, quote, since with very few exceptions, under the convenient guise of COVID-19 pandemic safeguards, states' election laws and procedures were changed by local politicians or judges without the necessary approvals from state legislatures. Convenient guys. It's a global pandemic. Anyway, what you see here is at every single rebuttal of what the House managers are presenting, Trump's defense team will say there shouldn't even be a trial. It's not constitutional. And 45 Republican senators are already on the record with that. When they do get into the substance of whether or not he actually incited an insurrection, they're going to say this was his First Amendment free speech right to put out there how suspect he thinks the election results were. And finally today, the other perspective. Not January 6th from what the president said or whether or not he incited a riot. We'll leave that to the impeachment case in the Senate. But from a member of Congress inside the halls of Congress on January 6th, Democrat Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York took to Instagram to share her experience It is astonishing to listen to her in her own words. A Capitol Hill police officer was actually seeking out folks to help, to help members get to safety. But of course, Ocasio-Cortez didn't know that it was a Capitol Hill police officer at first. Give a listen. And then I just start to hear these yells of, where is she? Where is she? And I just thought to myself, they got inside. And um, this was the moment where I thought everything was over. I mean, I thought I was going to die. Just chilling words from the experience of one member of Congress on that fateful date in American history. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep Next Level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii.